This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Scott, are you ready? Oh, let's get into it. I'm in a great mood. I want to have fun. Here it is. No more emotional support peacocks or comfort turkeys shall be allowed to fly. Oh, come on. Get over it, airlines. All right. Let's let's set this bananas episode flying high. Oh, there it is. Three, two, one. Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Uh, thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. And thank you to everybody who came out to the Tacoma and Vancouver shows. They were incredible. We had two of the greatest night of our lives. And anybody coming up, we have our shows in Portland, San Francisco. We invite you all to come out and have a wonderful time and put all your worries aside. And then we have two new show dates in Denver. Oh, back yeah. Back to back nights, right, Curtie B? June 6th and June 7th, one at the Downtown Comedy Works and then one out in the sticks at the other Comedy Works. I don't really know. It's out in, like the suburbs. Uh, but they're back to back. Come on out to those. Uh, it'll be on our Instagram. We're coming for you, Denver. I'm very excited about our guest today. Me Scotty. too. Me too. She is so fucking funny. She's an amazing yeah. stand-up. Uh, she was on yes. season eight of Last Comic Standing. She's Heard been on Variety's top ten comics to watch. Mm-hmm. She's one of the hosts of Netflix A Hundred Humans, and she's on the new season of Amazon's Afterlife Comedy Upload, yep. which premieres March 11th. Premiered. March 11th, since we're in the past and you're in the future. Please welcome the fantastic Zainab Johnson. Best intro ever. Oh. Welcome. <laughs> hey. Best guest <laughs> ever. Yeah. Thank you. And so early, I've done nothing but show up. <laughs> hey, 90% of it. Uh, well, congratulations. You're on a show that got a second season. Upload came out. Uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it came out right in the middle of the Great Quar, right in May 2020 when we all needed a distraction. And I, it was one of the shows that I woke up and said, oh, great, I have nothing to do again today and watch the entire thing <laughs> all the way through in one day. I, I think that's what we're all afraid of. We're like, we did so well when everybody had nothing to do. <laughs> now, now that people have a few things to do, how will this go? <laughs> it, is, it is crazy how much just even going out to do stand-up has just like exploded yep. where i was just like oh i have another show oh okay i'm d- things are open again it's like really it's exciting oh yeah i'm at clubs every single night of the week and in la that is not i know a typical stand-up story yeah mm. um you know and not and i'm out here yeah it's a it's a lot That's- to the point where i gotta take a day off yeah give yourself yeah. a day take a take a, a mental health day where you don't yes. get paid <laughs> <laughs> But your home club right now is Comedy Store, right? You're you're at the Comedy Store a lot. Yeah, I'm at the Comedy Store a lot. Um, I I I play them all about the same Laugh Factory Improv uh-huh. Comedy Store, and I love that they're in close proximity. No but joke. the the one that I was most recently made a a, a paid regular at was the Comedy Store that happened big deal. in December. Congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations! I, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until I was going up. I went up at. Uh, Every other club in the city, I mean, theaters, I opened for like Mark Marin at a theater and my credit was like, she just got passed as a regular at the comedy. So I'm like, wait, 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 I'm on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but did TV paint your name on the building? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I wanted to make one connection. This is sort of a, this, I figured this out, um, 
when I was watching it, and then when I saw that you were going to be on a guest. So you are on Upload with a friend of ours named Andrea Rosen. She plays Lucy on Upload. She, your My boss. favorite freaking – oh, I love – I love Lucy. No pun intended. Like, you know, I love, I mean, I actually don't love Lucy. I love Andrea. I don't love Lucy. (laughs) So this won't be interesting to maybe anybody, but um, a few of our diehard bananas. But my first TV job, I was a sound PA on a TV show called Stella on Comedy Central. And Andrea Rosen was a regular cast member on that. Mm. And I was putting a microphone on her one day. And I was, I don't know, 22 years old, 23 years old. And she goes... Scotty, do you want to come to a comedy thing tonight? It's really funny. It's these two people. They're really funny. It's Kurt and Kristen, and it's called Hot Tub. And I said, sure. So I went and watched Andrea do stand-up. That's where I met this Kurt, Kurt Brownoller and Kristen Shaw. It was one of your first it was five shows, third 2005, show. baby. And uh, I was so – I still love Andrea. We're still friends this day, but I was so struck by Kurt and Kristen that I was like, okay, I'm staying in New York. So weirdly, the three of us wouldn't be sitting here today doing bananas if not for Andrea Rosen introducing me to Kurt. And bam, now you two are on the same show together. I didn't even wow. realize that's the moment it happened. I know you went with her, but I didn't realize it was when you were like just like miking her. That's so funny. Yeah, we got to have her like, on the show. Yeah. Jesus Christ, we haven't had her I on. Love yet. her. And I went up to Kurt and Kristen after that hot tub, and I said that you're really great. And Kristen thought I was like a very nice, ye- a young gay man, and she was like, <laughs> "This means so much." Like, <laughs> our and I was like, "Okay, well." Years later, she found out the truth. Sadly, I'm straight. so wait, Scotty. So I noticed that. You said if it weren't for Andrea, you guys wouldn't have met. So, are you? Do you not believe that it was destined for you to meet Kurt, and that even if Andrea wasn't the connection, then <laughs> mm. at some point later there would have been a connection? Because oh. you guys were supposed to be here. I would have moment? met him. It, you know, even in in all comedy circles, New York, LA, Chicago, wherever you are. Everybody does find each other, but to find your people, to find the people that, that are the ones you really like socialize with, basically, the people yeah. you don't just talk to in the green room, it's a special thing. So I think I would have found Kurt eventually. We kept bumping into each other, but Andrea was absolutely the catalyst and the invite, and I never turned down a good invite. So, yeah, we have to have Andrea yeah. on. We'll have Lucy on. Yeah, yeah. she's She is... She is one of the funniest people she I is. have ever met in my life. <laughs> I have to, I have to stop watching her in scenes. Like I love, we we shoot together a lot, and I love when I don't have to be on camera, but I have to like, because re- I just get to watch her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like, oh, this is Andrea's coverage. You don't yep. have to be on camera. I'm like, oh, good. I just get to watch her <laughs> freaking do what she does. Do you believe in I fate? Do you believe in? Are you a big believer in fate? Like that things will happen for a reason. I, I do believe things happen for a reason. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. I like it's better that. better that way. I prefer it rather than the the other option is that it's just all. Like everything is random. <laughs> and random. No, no, no. I mean, if, if it is, if it is, then it is. But I, I, I don't think, I, it's much more romantic to yeah. believe in fate. Yeah. And yes. also it feels like there's this, hey, nothing you can do about it. You know, it's not like like it's not like it relieves you of a certain amount of like anxiety over control, which I enjoy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like this is how it is, which I Let think go. is a good way to live. Yeah. Um, speaking of not releasing <laughs> tension. <laughs> not, <and stress>. Exactly. <laughs> this is uh, this was uh, published uh, on NPR. Uh, good. Uh, by David Shaper. The old classic, Damn. best in the biz. Uh, good. Again, really their good. title is No More Emotional Support Peacocks as Feds Crack Down on Service Animals on Planes. Now, Boo. Boo. Full, full, full disclosure, this is from December 8th, 2020, when the biggest problem the FAA had <laughs> <laughs> was that people were bringing too many weird animals on their plane. Right. Uh, so here it is. The days of bringing your emotional support cat, pig, or even a miniature horse on a plane may soon be coming to an end. The federal mm-hmm. government is enacting a new rule restricting the types of service animals allowed on commercial airline flights. Mm-hmm. The new Department of Transportation rule is in response to a growing backlash in recent years to airline passengers trying to bring all kinds of wild and outlandish pets onto planes, including the woman... <laughs> who tried to bring an emotional support peacock on board a United Airlines flight in 2018, and the comfort turkey that was actually allowed to fly on Delta Airlines in 2016. First off, I love Delta. I really do love Delta. I'm a Delta dog. 
I love Delta too, except the the variant. Sorry. Yeah, we hate the variant. <laughs> love the airline. Love the airline. <laughs> uh, it's gotten really out of control, says Paul Harcher and Jr., a flight attendant for American Airlines. For years, our members have been dealing with untrained, sometimes wild animals in the aircraft cabin. For the most part, I will say it's dogs that are not properly trained. But we've seen That's everything right. from pigs to monkeys to hamsters. You name it. We've seen it. The untrained animals can have behavioral issues. Um, some even relieve themselves. Um, well, sure. Gonna, of course they do. They have no idea what's going on. <laughs> what? They don't know. <laughs> right. There's, it's a wild, sometimes a wild animal placed into a tube and then hurtled through the sky? That's terrifying for any animal. I hardly understand it, and I understand what's happening to me. That's right. Um, so apparently this, was, this went into effect. I, listen, I, I've been on a plane where there was somebody had a cat, and I just watched, and there, it was right in front of me, and I just watched them continually tell the guy, hey, man, you got to put your cat in the bag. You got to put your cat in the bag. He'd be like, yeah. And then you just hear like, meow, meow. And I'm like, that cat's not in that fucking bag. And then <laughs> as we were going to land, no, I'm sorry, the cat was behind me. Um, the cat took a shit. Great. And then... It's as the plane started dipping, it just started rolling. Like nice. I watched it roll past me, and then I was about to hit my bag, and I like lifted my bag up, and then it just like continued past me and like hit the person afterwards. And there I'm just you like, go. that is such a way to start uh, to start landing in a city is with a cat mm. shitting. And, like, How comforting! Ro- How comforting for you. Roll towards. I don't. You. I don't know if I've ever even seen a cat turd in real life. To be honest with you. Um, <laughs> But I am all for this. Yeah. You're for banning it. Oh, I am so for banning it. I feel like if you, and, and I mean, I'll, I'll go as far as, I'll go right up until like newborn babies. No, Get no them babies. off the planes. I'm with you on keep that. Them, keep them off the planes. They, Where do they, they need to go? They, <laughs> they, they should have to, you know how you have to like submit like a, a letter, like a compelling letter to have mm-hmm. to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. It's like, tell us why you need to travel right now, family, with a three week old. <laughs> tell us and we'll decide if you can. Yeah. But animals, sometimes, sometimes somebody will have like a middle seat and mm-hmm. you'll, and, and they'll have like a freaking German shepherd below their legs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. We have to stop this. No, it's, in, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's abuse. For, it's, it's, it's like it's abuse on so many levels you're abusing me you're abusing your animal it's abuse i think i think there's a line too and i think we all know this line exists there are definitely many people out there who do need these comfort animals it's undeniable that there are people that absolutely need these animals in their lives and then there are the most bogus bullshit liars that print the form out online and yeah. just don't want to like put their dog in a kennel or with a friend or something like that so it's like for the real people that really need it absolutely whatever gets you by in this world is a good thing but yeah I don't know if a turkey's ever comfortable for anybody. Have you seen a turkey? It looks like a scrotum sitting on a throw pillow. It's like a horrible looking animal. It's awful. Yeah, it's yeah. If you if you have a peacock, you you should not go anywhere. That's right. Yeah. You should stay at home and look at your peacock. That should be your vacation. Yeah. Yeah. My eyes are up here. Yeah, that's yeah, I agree, and it's actually was that a peacock joke, Scotty? My yeah, eyes, my eyes are, are up here. Up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, but it's weird. Just when you were saying that, it's kind of odd, isn't it, that there isn't just a family airlines? That there isn't an airlines that is just like babies oh and kids God. are twenty dollars. And that like, would be wh- so much better. Especially, why? I have children. Yeah. I would much prefer to go into a place where I knew I wouldn't be bothering anyone right. by less yeah. letting my children run up and down the aisles the whole flight. But you know what? There's no pilot signing up to work for that airline. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right? The flight attendants are like screaming at their <laughs> stereos right now, like. Scotty, you fool. The flight yeah, attendants like- are magicians and clowns, guys. Yep. All right? This is how we're doing it. It's ground like round this. style. You, lay, you get on, everybody gets popcorn right off the bat. 
but think Apple about juice, it. Vanilla it, wafers. Sorry. It would it would change mistakes. People would be like, you know what? Let's make sure that we're really, really meant for each other. This way, yeah. we don't have to drop our kids off via flights for the <laughs> first that. seven years. You know, it would really change the way people operate and the way people operate with one another. It really would. I mean, I mean, I don't, I'm really adamant about this one particular thing. Good. Who's allowed on planes? What's allowed it. on planes? And when I am really adamant about this. I'm with you on it. I think it's cool. I either need more regulations or money for my own private plane. Yeah. Yes, I know. That's the goal. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. Yeah, I. why isn't there family airlines? That seems it should so be. obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I it would have helped me. I had to fly... I, I know you have a big family. I I, mm-hmm. I also, my dad, but I I have all half siblings, so I have eight. I know you have, how many do you have? It's 13 of us. You're 13. That's, a That's lot amazing. Of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too many. Too many. <laughs> I love them. Your, <laughs> your set on Seth Meyers was so, so good about that. Thank you. Um, everyone should go check it out. It's very funny. But I had to, so I had to start flying by myself to go visit my dad when I was five years old. So I was like just flying alone as a (laughs) five-year-old. And the first thing they do is they give you a sticker that says unaccompanied minor (laughs) just to make sure everybody knows that you're there for the taking, you know, just like a little silver platter for pedophiles. Just like, this one's alone, boys. (laughs) (laughs) They should just put a little handle clip on your back just so they can pick you up like a suitcase (laughs) and carry on out of there. (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh, thirteen. Yeah. I think 13. a woman whose mom was one of twenty. She was thirteen of twenty. Wow. And the I never met the extended family. This was, they lived in Gulfport, Mississippi. One time, the whole family was flown to New York City for a TV show that was like one of those like American stories or like mm-hmm. look at this crazy family. Uh, and she said at family reunions, the older grandchildren had to take hour-long shifts of daycare because there were 56 grandchildren and then an additional 30-something great-grandchildren. So when the whole family was together, it was over 100 people with spouses and everybody. Wow. Wow. How many nieces and nephews do you have at this point? Uh, Like at least 15. Yeah. Big Christmas. I mean, yeah. (laughs) But we don't. No, no. Yeah, but we don't have, like, we we were, well, I guess they, uh, uh, we're weird. We're weird. weird. We're like okay. a cl- we're like a close knit family, but also it's like that's I ain't what that's your kid, right? So, <laughs> like, <laughs> like if 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 my niece or nephew is in the kitchen and the parent isn't with them, I'm not gonna be like I'm watching you. No, where's your mother? I I, I don't have kids. I don't got to be in this kitchen with you. Where are mm. you? And uh, what what number are you? I am fifth from the top. Fifth oh, so, okay. Yeah, there's four older. Yeah, there's four older than me, eight younger than me. But you know what, Scotty? My my great grandmother had so yeah, my great grandmother had twenty twenty one. I think that's I think that's what inspired my mother. She had yeah. twenty one, she lost one of them. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. so it ended up being and sure. they're from Mississippi as well. So maybe it's something in the water. Oh yeah. Maybe it's something in the river. Do. Yeah, there's just <laughs> nothing else to do. And it's like another year, another baby. Yeah. Um, all right, here's one for y'all. This was sent in from uh, by Jesse Wayne. Thank you, Jesse Wayne. Um, and this was written, <laughs> this was on Upworthy.com, real website. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. By Todd. Yeah, I heard about it once. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Todd with one D. Good old Todd with one D Perry. That is a... Uh, that's an interesting spelling of Todd. That is. It's close. Todd with I would D think Perry. that's Toad. Okay. Medium is in the biz. A church faced a $66,000 bill to fix its historic clock. Then two guys fixed it with two cans of WD-40. <laughs> this is a nice feel-good story. Oh, it's hard right. to imagine an era... <laughs> this is a Todd with one D says it's hard to imagine an era where we couldn't tell time by checking our smartphone or wristwatch. But before a watch was even a thing, great writing, great writing. Uh, cities had bell towers that would bong every hour. Okay. He's winning us over on the hour <laughs> to tell townsfolk uh, what time it was during the industrial revolution. Things became more technologically advanced. Clock towers popped up in public places. I cannot so- believe we're starting with the history of clocks for this story, man. Yeah. We get it. We understand where clocks came from. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
That's right. He he had a lot. He had a big word count for this. He had to fill. He had to do five hundred words or something. He had to do five hundred <laughs> words, or he's just always felt a little inadequate because he didn't get that second D on the end of his name. Um, twelve years ago at twelve o two, the clock central tower in Grimsby Minster, Grimsby Minster in England, stopped working. A church that church dates back to the twelfth century, and the central tower was added in thirteen sixty five. I mean, England is old. A group of experts that worked on the restoration of London's Big Ben came to the church and said it requires scaffolding. uh, And the work in order to get it working again would be in the price range of $53,000 to $66,000. That's a lot. That's American dollars. The church feared it would have to throw a massive fundraiser to get enough money to fix the historic clock. However... Two guys. <laughs> I love that. that work, <laughs> two guys that work on the church's bells had a different idea. So these guys are already working on the bells. Maybe good people to check with first. Yeah. Uh, Rick Haywood, 47, and Jay Foley, 15. So 15? 47, 15. <laughs> this is a buddy comedy just waiting. Classic age discrepancy between two friends that work on bell towers in England (laughs) were performing routine maintenance of the bells when they decided to give the clock a closer look. We did not think we could do any more damage, so we found various dead pigeons gumming up the bearings. Classic. A lot of birds already in this episode. (laughs) And some of these bearings, you know, the ones with the dead pigeons gumming them up, uh, were very dry. Minutes, hours, and seconds have separate sections, which were all out of order, said Foley. We got the dead pigeons out of there, and it slowly ticked along after we greased it and cleaned it out, and we gave it a good shot of WD-40 and managed to get it running. (laughs) Oh, boy. So the difference cost of the church is miraculous. It could have been, like I said, $60,000, but it cost ultimately six pounds. So 10 bucks or something like that. I like how they're going back and forth between American dollars and, and, and <laughs> pounds. And yeah, they, Todd doesn't but, care. Todd does not have a hard and fast rule about this. Todd with one D Perry is a wild card. Um, but the church warden couldn't be more pleased with how the duo's fine work turned out. Quote, it's amazing because you would not believe how much hassle it would be to get a church clock working. <laughs> I would actually believe that. It seems very, very different. So good for you. I would say that uh, old 47-year-old Rick Haywood and Jay Foley, 15 years of age, Bananas of the Week. Oh, Bananas of the Week. And also, what a weird job. Um, Zainab, what, what is like the weirdest job you've ever had? Oh, we just going to blow past these pigeons in the, in the clock? <laughs> We're going to go clock? back to them. No. Okay. Get into these pigeons <laughs> in the clock. Because <laughs> I... <laughs> Because I was about to say, they, they should sue whoever gave them that $60,000 estimate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That also, sounds like an email scam to me. Also, it's a <laughs> really person. good story of just being like, just get a second quote. Always get a second quote. Yes. And can you imagine the sermon the next day? Like, God, we didn't know. <laughs> or I don't know how the church goes. but And then God sent a miracle. <laughs> yeah, a can of WD-40 uh, apparently, yeah. to a 15-year-old who probably had to ride his bicycle to go get it. (laughs) And are they father and son and not telling us? Because a 15-year-old and a 47-year-old, that sounds like a so parent-kid relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Or or maybe it's like they have a they have apprentices, right? For probably Bell Tower sure. stuff. Maybe it's an apprentice. I wish yes. I had an apprentice, a comedy apprentice when I was coming up. That would have been fantastic. Someone just be like, do do this, don't do this. Do that show, don't do that show. Oh yeah. 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 I think every comedian would love a muse that was doing that. And I think every comedian's partner would love if they had a muse that they could just do that <laughs> too. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. I went what's, to Oh, go ahead, please. No, sorry. I was just going to say what's the worst job that I've had? Yeah. Yes. I interrupted you and don't even have an answer to the question I was getting clarification. Oh, come on, though. Uh, <laughs> it, it'll just roll off the tongue if you think about it. It'll Did come. You, I saw that you were a math major. Did you and you were potentially going to pursue teaching did you ever substitute did you ever teach at all or did you go f that okay no i taught i taught in new york and then when i got to see you just yes you're you're right right, you guys are absolutely right when i got to la i was subbing and i was subbing in like the camps and i didn't know the camps was like a nice way to say teenage jail Oh, oh, I didn't know that, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. So I would just go into like these jails uh-huh. uh, with these like teenage like, boys. Like and... juvie? Or was I guess it like. So. Okay. 
Which we don't also yeah. even know if it's called that. That's just yeah, what we know from movies and TV. Right, We're that's like, just yeah. like a, oh, that's a TV thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I, I know that they were teenagers. There right. were only boys, and they couldn't leave. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I know. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and I remember one day, and it's like, you know, they're like, you see bars and stuff, but then when you teach in, there's a classroom that you teach in, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day, and I'm like, I'm like fresh to LA, so I'm like, like I don't know, 24 maybe. Oh wow! And so I'm, I'm actually looking like I'm their age, right? right. So mm-hmm. first they're, com- they think that I'm like, oh, they sent us a present, and it's yeah. like, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> oh god. So, <laughs> so, so then there's just, you know, I, I didn't realize. You think, you know, as you said, Kurt, it's like you see all these things on TV, and so I'm thinking that a lot of like gang stuff that you, I'm thinking that that's just like fabrication, fiction. I'm thinking that like there's not really tension between black mm-hmm. community and Mexican community you know and that day when i was in the class this fight breaks out oh boy between this like first day kid first well first and last day let's i mean let's be for real i didn't didn't go back you're a smart woman (laughs) (laughs) i i didn't go back it was a long drive yeah Yeah. it was like in pomona somewhere no 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 i'm not going back it's (laughs) this was the the fight was the third strike on the drive there i was like i don't think this is gonna work and then when (laughs) (laughs) there was gang violence i said it's definitely not gonna work (laughs) but this fight broke out and i'm like i'm like shocked and then being like the trying to be like the Michelle Pfeiffer of it all, yeah. you know, I'm like, what's going on, boys? What's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and w- then one of the boys, I can't remember which one, said, "He killed my mother, my cousin's mother." And oh, I'm fun! Like, oh, wow! Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is way above my pay grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can't talk out these feelings. Yeah, you just thought one of them hated long division. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was I, long division in a way. That was a really good joke. But yeah. Oh. So <laughs> oh yeah, God. and so the, yeah, that didn't last very long. Yeah, that's a tough job. Yeah. yeah. That's gotta be one of the I think the hardest jobs ever. My God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna tease us into a break. Are we ready for that, guys? Oh heck yes. Oh, I yeah. love a break. All right, here it comes. Here comes a good tease. I feel it coming. New York City man rescued twice in two days on Arizona hikes. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yep. We'll get into it on Bananas. Folks, we are back on yes, we are. Bananas. Scott, do you have any shout-outs before we get back to our fantastic guest? I do. Just have a, a few that I can get through kind of quick. One is to Jasmine and Oleg in Munich. Just the banana boys are thinking of you. You know why. We know why. Uh, Ashlyn Hurley sent in a shout-out. This is actually a sad one, but she's a very optimistic and wonderful banana-mole. This is the sixth anniversary of her younger brother passing, or her brother passing, Tristan. But she said he would have for sure been a banana-mole, and she was just thinking about him, so she wanted to give him a shout-out. So we're sending some love back towards Ashlyn Way. Uh, shout out to Quinn from America. Quinn got a promotion. She's super proud of him. So we are too. Way to go, Quinn. And here's one that will warm your banana heart, Kurt. Angela met her friend Kim through bananas. So we're making friendships. We're making BFFs, banana friends for life. Uh, and they are banana friends in the wild. Thanks for being such a great friend, Kim. That's what Angelina says. And helping her through bad days. And that's all I got. Thanks for the shout-outs, everybody. We love to hear it. Oh, well, that's great. I love that uh, people are are meeting because of bananas. That's so sweet. Absolutely. And of course, we are here with the... Uh, the f- the, the fantastically talented and wonderful Zainab Johnson. How you doing? 
Banana. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. At the end of the episode, please give us your best bananas. Banana. Sorry. Okay. okay. We we actually had we had Aaron Brockovich on, and Aaron Brockovich said bananas. We someone counted two hundred and eight times in sixty minutes. It was amazing. She just kept saying like, "Well, that's bananas," and I was just like, "This is the funniest thing ever." She, yeah, she would she would say like, "Well, Kurt, you know what's bananas about that? The whole world's bananas. But the world is bananas, and we're dealing with bananas things all the time." Scotty, it's bananas, right? And we had only done like six episodes, yeah. so we're like, "I guess one in ten bana- <laughs> guests are just going to say our, our you, name you, all the time." You know, you know when you're watching a film and the title of the film, like at whatever point in the film where they finally say the title mm-hmm. yes and it feels like oh there it is so scotty mm-hmm. you've said bananas like three times in this mm-hmm. episode and every time you've said it i felt like that moment in the film like there it is, Ooh, there <laughs> it is. <laughs> he's been taken yeah exactly i know there's would... that banana i have a very specific <laughs> set of peels banana Ooh, good merch idea. thank you um. Alrighty, Curdy. What did you tease us into? It oh, yeah. It's like oh, so long ago. Here it is. You ready? Uh, sure. New York City man rescued twice in two days <laughs> on Arizona hikes. This is classic. Um, this is classic. This was uh, sent in uh, by the wonderful Aaron Erdman. Thank you so much, Aaron mm, Erdman. She is great. Um. So this was uh, this is in the Associated Press, published March eighth, twenty twenty two. So this just happened. Good one. Um, And this is published in U.S. News. A New York City man who needed to be rescued twice on consecutive days while hiking in a northern Arizona mountain range is urging others to pay more attention to winter weather than he did. Quote, warning, unless you are an experienced alpine mountaineer, (laughs) which doesn't even sound like. (laughs) Who isn't these days? (laughs) All three of us clearly are. Do not (laughs) attempt Humphrey's Peak in the winter. Uh, said uh, Philip Vasto in an online post. The 28-year-old Brooklyn man first called 911 last Wednesday at 7 p.m. to say he got lost while hiking on Humphreys Trail. Uh, the statement didn't identify Vesto by name, uh, telling the newspaper in a story published Tuesday that he was an experienced hiker but had underestimated the difficult conditions. He says, I was thinking if I start early in the morning, I'll have all the time in the world to reach the summit, Vasto yeah. said of his second attempt. The trail runs 5.5 miles of steep rocky terrain between Arizona Snowball Ski Resort and Humphreys Peak, state's highest point, an elevation of 12,633 feet. So that's up there. That's high. Yeah. During the first rescue, tracked vehicles from the ski resort that travel on snow drove Vasto off. So like uh, ski cats or whatever, drove up and got him. He declined medical attention. So he was fine. He just called 911 at 7 p.m. It's dark out. Just needed a ride. It's dark out. He doesn't know how to get back. But at 5 p.m the next day the next day <laughs> vasto called 911 to say he needed help after injuring himself in a fall near a ridge on the humphreys trail arizona department of public safety rescue oh, helicopter boy. was sent up to pick him up oh good uh there was another hiker who uh oh yeah then at that point they they said they gave him they he they provided him with preventative search and rescue education about the conditions on the trail <laughs> and the approaching winter storm and encouraged him to not attempt the hike again there was That's another so hiker who good. found him um and fil- and said it was quote very apparent that he wasn't prepared for the climate that he had gotten himself into sounds about right oh man uh, but also he said, I really love Phil's perseverance. I hope that he makes it to the top someday. Uh, we hope you make it to the top someday, too. But maybe in the summertime uh, when you're not putting people's lives at risk because you continually do the same mistake over Yeah, and over. we all pay a lot of taxes just to get the gas in those helicopters. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe don't do that. Yeah. Please, God. Do you remember? I'm so totally him. <laughs> yeah, you, you're New Yorker. <laughs> I am well. I love. I love that now they put uh, the 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 location of the person. It creates context so easily in a story. Yeah. It does. You know, like oh, New Yorker who was trying to hike. Okay, well, we know this is going to be bad, right? <laughs> or like Florida man. Okay, we know somebody did something yeah. crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But this is totally, totally me. I remember when I went to Hawaii. There's this big. I can't remember the name of the the, the hike, but they tell you it takes two days people normally do it in two days okay. they, they they go up 
and then you get to this beautiful beach, Uh right? It's like it's like twelve miles each way. Wow! And you get to this beautiful beach, and they usually camp out, and then they make their way back the next day. But I was in Hawaii alone. Okay. And I said, "Can I hike twenty four miles in a day?" Oh my god! I think I can. (laughs) I think I can. (laughs) <laughs> I think I can. And so I had my flashlight. I had all the things ready. I was going to leave at four o'clock in the morning because, you know, Holy you can leave like a little this. bit. As, 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 right? as, and, 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 and all of these things. Right. I didn't do it. Okay. Here's what. And now everybody that I told, I mean, I like shared my location, uh-huh. you know, everything. And everybody's like, are yeah. you sure? They're like, well, if anybody can do it, Zainab, you can do mm, it. Right? Uh-huh. The mm-hmm. only reason why I didn't get a chance to do it is because that stain, the same, the evening before I was supposed to go on a hike, my realtor called me and said, you got the, I bought a house that same, around that same time. He was like, you got the house, you got to fly, you going into escort, you got to fly back. And so instead of going on a hike, I flew back to LA that Oh, oh but did you keep the headlamp on? Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see that paperwork. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Scotty, according according to mm. your logic, mm. the house saved me from an emergency rescue. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, you could have done it. You were prepared. I like. I like that you were, were ready to leave. Yeah, four a.m. You got a headlamp. You're ready to go. We we yeah. are big fans of walking for long periods of time. Yes. So. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're going to do another door to shore. Uh, what door to shore was is I walk out the front door of my house. I live in Echo Park, and then mm-hmm. I walk from my door to the Pacific Ocean and into the ocean. Kurt met me nearby, and we walked 19 miles across Los Angeles. We raised money for a really great charity and we're going to do it again next September so if you're in LA and you're a long walk person please join oh yeah I would happily do it when I first moved here I lived right at that junction of Echo Park Silver Lake and Los Feliz you know Mm -hmm. where the vista is right I lived right there and because I didn't have any friends here or know where I was going I would just walk out of my apartment yeah and I would walk all the way to Santa Monica. Yes Yes. I would just walk all the way to the beach that's exactly cool yeah and and then then you would would walk back well, sometimes, like, depending on what time of day, I would, like, sit in, I would go to see a movie, and that would be, like, my break. Mm-hmm. Or I would sit down and eat food, and then I would, you know, and then I would walk back. I even would stop sometimes along the way and go into, like, open houses. Like, <laughs> 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 what you guys got in here? Yeah. <laughs> so you were already well, used yeah, to doing, welcome. like, 30 miles a day anyway. So yeah. this 24 miles was not crazy for you. I love I mean, that. on the edge of a mountain right. a little different. It, it, with the Pacific is a little bit different, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. I, re- I remember when I first moved from New York City to L.A., mm-hmm. I was destroyed by how nor- like people would just go on hikes up fucking mountains. I was just like, I, like, be, like 10 minutes in, like, he, like, <gasps> and I remember as we were driving across country, we stopped in Utah, and we're like, let's go on a hike in Utah. We we're staying beautiful, over there. Beautiful state. And we chose this one. I was like, there's a, there's a cave. We can go into a cave. And you, I was like, great. And so, but what it was, was that the cave was on top of a mountain, and that okay. you had to just walk like, I don't know, it must have been a mile straight uphill, mm-hmm. and it must have been like a thousand feet of elevation. It was just trudging and trudging and trudging. I was like so broken by the time we got there. And then we get up there, and then there's all these like Utah people just there with kids, like three-year-olds who like just walked up the mountain. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm out of I'm out of shape. I'm out of shape. <laughs> and then we went into this like tour of this cave. And it was uh, myself, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and a family with like eight children, all un- seemingly all under the ages of five, <laughs> somehow. It's possible. Yeah. And one of them's name was Kale. And I know that <laughs> because Uh-oh. his mom screamed Kale about 1,000 times. And when you scream <laughs> inside of a cave, it's very loud. And <laughs> Kale was, um, how, do I, how do I say this? Uh, Kale was a piece of shit. And <laughs> he, he is like, you know, you're in a cave. It's like there's stalactites and slagmites everywhere. It's a little dangerous, but also like you're not supposed to touch anything. Like no. Kale is slapping everything <laughs> as he walks and yeah. then like screaming at the top of his lungs and then like running away. And it was 
I, I, at, at the end of it, I was like, I want to get a vasectomy right now before yeah. I ever have children, if I ever have a kale. And, um, and I have, goodness. I have two kales now, guys. I have two. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to kales. say, can you imagine kale on a plane? Mm. I know, mm. right? Mm. Only on family airlines. I'm not getting on there. Yeah, a cave <laughs> is like an echoey plane. That's what. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, puts the lactites on the plane for kids to slap. That's a good selling point. <laughs> Free apple juice, vanilla wafers, and slap us the lactite. There it is. Um, here we go. Here's one from Greer Dove, which is a great name. That's Thank a great you, name. Greer Dove. Um, and she told us, it, this ties into the store, today is National Ranch Day. I believe like ranch dressing not like you live oh, on a ranch. ranch with horses but maybe both maybe both i'm oh. not gonna look it up um i mean well is ranch dressing named after an actual ranch that's a great question is it what's I don't what know. is the name of it what's the name of that company though it's hidden valley hidden valley ranch, valley ranch. i bet you yes. it is it's a ranch in a hidden valley well what a segue hidden valley ranch <laughs> created a ranch diamond Using actual ranch seasoning. So, this was written by Mike Pomeranz. I'm going to have to look up where. Um, but the lab-grown, salad-dressing-inspired gem took five months to produce. So, there's concerns about the diamond trade, along with improving technology, which has led to a steady increase in lab-grown diamonds. There's a lab-grown diamond market, which I didn't know, actually. I did not know that. Um, oh, it's Discover. Okay, so Mike Pomeranz for Discover. Um, last year, one industry told Discover that it manufactured diamonds. Oh, excuse me, that manufactured diamonds now make up as much as four to six percent of diamond sales. So you know, not are they a ton. are they cheaper? I want to know if it's cheaper to have a manufactured diamond. I don't know. Don't worry. I about would it. hope not. I'm not looking at people. It up. Probably wouldn't buy them if they were less expensive. Right. I think part of buying them is to show your neighbors what's up. Anywho. Uh, but if you need more proof that the ability to produce gem-grade diamonds continues to evolve, here's a shocking first for salad and chicken wing lovers. Hidden Valley Ranch created a first-of-its-kind diamond that was made from actual Hidden <laughs> Valley Ranch seasoning. The people at Hidden Valley are really going for they're it. They're really they, doing it. They're cool. Um, the resulting two-carat diamond ring described by HVR, that's Hidden Valley Ranch for our listeners at home, is a, quote, beautiful and timeless way for ranch lovers to show their love for each other and ranch. <laughs> you got to get that company plug in there. Uh, it's being put up for auction today, uh, and they're going to start bidding at $310 for this two-carat diamond. I oh. bet it goes up very, very high. But all proceeds from this unique gift will go to Feeding America. So going to a good cause. So Great. we're fully behind this. But also it's only to feed them ranch dressing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just uh, just funnels, uh, funnel, funnel system. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. I've seen kids in restaurants that would be way okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, last year when one of our custom Valentine's Day bottles was used in a marriage proposal, we were inspired, said Deb Crandall, the brand's marketing director. Deb, the best in the business. Grandall uh, said in an announcement, "We saw love of ranch become part of one's part of one of life's most beautiful moments. It made us wonder how can we make this act of love even more memorable." Um, so how did they do it, Curdy B? I know you were curious. The ranch diamond began its life as ranch seasoning that was heated to 2,500 degrees and then crushed beneath 400 tons of pressure. Whoa. Five months later, I don't I mean, know that why. That is that how you make a diamond. Months. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I wonder if it smells at all. No. No. Uh, <laughs> five months later, out popped a lab-produced diamond. I bet it didn't pop out. That was polished and given a round, brilliant cut before being set in a 14-carat white, bold band. The finishing touch has an engraving on the inside, which is a very bold choice of HVR. It says HVR LVR. Hidden Valley Ranch lover. <laughs> so you can go to theranchdiamond.com, Bananimals, if you want to bid. Hurry up. I don't think the auction lasts very long. Um, yeah. So, so wait, so if they can do that, then like when you die, you can be made into a diamond. Is that true? I think you can. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll do This is Hidden Valley's version of an NFT. 
This is Boom. an NFT. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's going to a charity, so we don't hate it. Uh, but do, do we not? <laughs> we... We medium like it. <laughs> I like that it's I like that there's a charitable I think someone was like, This sucks. We might want to add charity to this. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Hundred percent. People are gonna be Barb. Like, yeah. <laughs> Best in the business Barb. All the fat mm-hmm. cats at Hidden Valley were gonna make some much some, some cash on this fucking diamond. Like, yeah, well, Give it away. Let's give it away. Make people. Well, I like bet it we have bit. a follow up on this one too. We will. I will keep an eye out for the story of the couple that mm-hmm. we get that proposes with the ranch diamond. We'll we'll let them know. You know, this love is forever. This mm-hmm. love is ranch dressing. That's nice. <laughs> um, I worked at the River Cafe. Did you ever go to the River Cafe in Brooklyn? Have you ever been down there? No. It's it was a roaring cool place in the eighties. In the eighties, it was like where to be. See, it's right under the Brooklyn Bridge. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's on a barge. Yeah, it's on an old barge. It's, it's on a barge, and like every couple of years, somebody has to scuba underneath and make sure everything's safe. It's very strange. But I was a valet, and they had a separate like kind of garden terrace sort of. Oh, I have s- been. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's got a yeah. flowery garden out front. Mm-hmm. Cobblestone yes, leads up to it. Sure. So I had to wear like a white, basically like a white tuxedo, and I was a valet, and it was actually a very fun job. But they had tons of weddings. I mean, they would have weddings on Saturday mornings and then another one on Saturday afternoons. If you were a valet, you got like a $100 bonus because so many cars would come in on top of the restaurant crowd. It was a separate building. So we all really liked it. <laughs> but this one time, oh, yeah. So also you get a little, not jaded, but like you, you just see so many weddings and they go exactly the same way. And you see the caterers like coming out and smoking and then going in for round two to serve the next wedding. You're like, okay, what are we doing here? Um, but so they would always do wedding photos with the Brooklyn Bridge or the city in the background. It's a beautiful place. Lots of people would always come down and do that for even like high school graduation photos. So during those times, we had to kind of like control traffic. And, you know, a lot of the wedding planners are absolute monsters, like some of the worst people in the world. And they would like bark at us like we were working for them and being like, get that car out of there. And you're like, okay. Um, so <laughs> there's this group photo all the, the groomsmen, all the bridesmaids, beautiful shot. And I noticed out of the corner of my eye, the biggest sewer rat I've ever seen in New York City <laughs> is limping. This is middle of the day on a Saturday. Limping across cobblestone in front of the River Cafe. They don't see it. I see it. And this thing has clearly hit the poison box somewhere, too, because it is either the drunkest rat in New York City or it's on its last legs. And all day long, we've been getting yelled at by this wedding planner. And the... The manager, whose name's Scott Stamford, he was like the calmest guy of all time. I was like, hey, Scott, there's a giant rat over there. And he's like, uh-huh. He's like, just walk the other way. So I just walked the other way, you know, direction, listen to the parking lot. And I look back, and he had grabbed a laundry bag from from where all the valleys and stuff were, and all the, the cooks would throw all their stuff in at the end of the shift. And he just kicks it into the bag casually while the photos the wedding photos are being taken 15 feet away just starts smacking it against the wall (gasps) really calmly (laughs) to get rid of the rat walks over again about 20 feet away from where the wedding photo is taking place dumps it in the river dusts his hands up and just walks back into the restaurant that is that is one way to handle a minor crisis on a wedding God, it was so fun. What a great job. Valeting is a great job. You get a little insight. It's kind of like in Zoom. We all get to see each other's houses for like one room. Valet, you get a little slice of that person's life. Mm. Yeah. I'm always concerned, not concerned, but I'm always thinking about the valet. Like if I'm always apologizing, like, I'm so sorry. I was just eating. It smells like food in there. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm going to wash my car tomorrow. Like I'm, I'm always apologizing to the valet. (laughs) Yes. Well, trust me, whatever it is, the, the stuff we saw, we, Kurt and I could do a whole episode of Bananas where it was just stuff I saw. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Oh, man. Like cigar butts. Like cigar, like the end of a cigar, just in the back seat, maybe like four or 500 of them, just like leaves oh. in the back of a guy's Cadillac. Just like he just would finish it, tamp it out, and throw it over his shoulder. So it just smelled like you were sitting inside of a cigar. My car, my car is 
is disgusting. It is at all times. I try and clean it, and it just never gets clean because I have two kids. And uh, I went to my friend. My friend is like an artist, and he was had a showing in Venice. And so I drove over in this car, and I'm like looking at all this art, and it's beautiful. And I'm like so excited for him. I'm like, this is great, man. What a big deal. And he's like, hey, can you like we all ubered to the gallery can you drive us to the restaurant that we're going to go to and i was like <laughs> uh sure <laughs> and i like start like like open like you know pushing things out of the way and like getting my kids like car seats out like cl- you know click 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 trying to put them in the trunk and then they get into the car and they just all start laughing because it's like mcdonald's boxes piled up fucking cans uh, gummy bunny wrappers everywhere ju- and it was so filthy that they the entire way just laughed at the filth that was my life because all of them don't have children and i was <laughs> yeah. just like this is just how it is guys i don't think i'm a bad parent sometimes i go to mcdonald's i go to mcdonald's to take my kids there. Uh, oh yeah, nothing wrong with that. You're just living a dad life. I'm, I'm, I've like changed a bit. My car is pretty, especially living in LA. You have to valet a lot, you know. Yes, you do. Yeah. And so, but also my mom, her car is filthy, and it's like you and I. You know how they're like you turn into your parents. So the moment my star uh-huh. gets, my car starts getting, I'm like, oh no no no, I gotta change because my mom's <laughs> car will have things that that a car like it'll be like nine dinner settings. Like you, <laughs> like are you like like. <laughs> We got to get you some Tupperware. Like, why are you eating full glass plates? It'll be just like, just like a, a a bookshelf. Like, why is there a bookshelf in your car? Just like random things. I'm like, no, no, no. This is this is terrible. That I, is really that is funny. the one thing. Like, my wife will always just bring a glass of like a house glass into the car, yeah. and it always like breaks my mind. I'm like, yeah. why is the house glass in the car? And it doesn't bother her at all. I feel like there's two types of people. People who like think it's okay to just bring a normal house glass into a car. And people who are like, no, you're going to have a travel mug. You're going to have something with yeah. a little top on it, you know? <laughs> something that if you're in an accident doesn't turn into a sharpened projectile and cut someone's head off. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna finish us out uh, on this episode with a little, a little one, a little. Okay, I'll just give a little, it a little one quick for the one. Road, a little Curdy B special. Here it is. I mean, I'm not even gonna read this one. All right, guys. I'm just gonna look at it. I'm just We're gonna, gonna guess. I mean, I'm not gonna tell you. I'm just gonna give you the title, and you're gonna have to figure it out on your own. Here it is. Okay. This okay. is from the Independent, so you know it's true. Eating vegetables. Quote. <laughs> Unlikely to protect against heart disease, study says. <laughs> so, guys, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Zainab, thank you so much for coming on so the podcast. We really appreciate it. And then plug, plug away. Tell us everything where we can find you, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, everybody, if you haven't checked out Upload, check it out. It's on uh, Amazon Prime Video. Uh, it premiered March 10th, the second season. March 11th, the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, so so watch the first one. Watch the second one. If you want to follow me, come to my show, see me live, then um, mm-hmm. every social media platform, including my website, is Zainab Johnson. Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. Well, thank name. you so much. You were wonderful. Let's go out with a bananas. Let's go out with a little bananas. How about that, Kurt? Yeah. Okay. So I just say bananas? Yeah. Oh, we say Any bananas, all of us. Want. We're going to do it together. Ready? It's very okay. exciting. Three, two, one. Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.